Welcome to Gents with Joe and Spence, where we talk about everything under the sun the Adam Sons have done. And today we're going to talk about men's mental health with our very special guest, Corianne Rogers. Hey guys, guys, this is a super, super fun and exciting episode. Um, we have our first uh, interview, our first guest on the show. Joe, what do it, you think about it? It's our 10th episode. Yeah, it's uh, our... We wanted something a little different, a little big for our 10th episode. Double digits. And, and we got one of the coolest people we know. Yeah. We we uh, um, used a lot of our words in uh, many uh, different of our episodes, so we're like, why not bring her on? We, we've used her advice many times. Uh, when we aren't sure about something, like, okay, what do we? <laughs> how do we figure this out? How do we figure out what's good and right? Right. We call up Corey Ann Rogers. Yeah. Corey Ann Rogers, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe what you do, who you are, or why you're here with us today? Absolutely. Uh, first, congrats on your tenth episode. Thank you oh, so thank much. You. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Thanks for having me, guys. Um. Let's see, I'm a licensed counselor. I have specialty work with couples and addiction. Um, I don't work with addictions as much as I, much as I used to, but I really love it. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up with five brothers in the house, and a little sister that came along later. So I do uh, enjoy um, guys. And I think that's probably why, because of my growing up. Yeah. Um, but I do work with a lot of different populations, some women as well. Um, okay. Um, but I, yeah, I kind of live my life a lot. I mean, I'm married to my best friend with some crazy cool kids and some kids-in-laws. So I'm like, I don't know, Spence, what do you say? Yeah. Living your best life? I'm, oh, yeah. I can kind of live my best life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good job. So you said you work with addiction counseling and marital counseling. Is that uh, something you went to school for? Did you get your bachelor's degree in it? What What do you What do you got for that? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I got my master's, and then after – you receive your master's you have to do so many hours and do a state uh, or a national boards test after so many thousands of hours and so i'm what's called an lcpc and an aclc wow um, so i kind of explained that a little bit before um but a lot of a lot of letters in there yeah, well, you know. <laughs> a lot of hours <laughs> a lot of hours probably went into that tons and tons of hours yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sweet so uh in your experience of masters and bachelors and in your step up on in school um how long did it take you to get from no school to where you are where you were able to counsel okay um so i had to do uh associate a bachelor and a master and those are two two to three years each depending um two for associate and uh bachelor and then two to three for masters depending on how many credits it is and then after you graduate then you have in montana every state's different but in montana you have an three thousand hours total that you have to have for counseling in order to receive well then you take the test so right on it's all wow the above. That's, so that's a lot of hours that's a lot of time yeah. so how many years were you in school for counseling um, well, a total of six years in school, but two specific to the two, um, two full time. You don't don't get a break in summer because it's a, my program was a sixty credit program. So, 
it just depends on um, how you do the program. And I didn't stop. So it was two years. So in your daily um, adventures of work, do you go to work and sit in your office by yourself and counsel people all day? Or do people come to your home? Paint us a picture real quick of what your day-to-day life looks like, your day-to-day work looks like. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I I go to work. Um, I work in a group practice where there are 10 of us and I, me and one other woman supervise all of the clinicians in our office. And we, um, oh, hold on. I got one question about that real quick. If you don't mind me stopping you, did you yeah, say no. you're, you, you counsel 10 counselors? Um, Is I supervise, supervise them. So that means that, um, I oversee them basically. I'm a, a counseling supervisor. You're a counselor of counselors. Oh, that's like, that's like, <laughs> that's that's the, like wizard that's the level. Ultimate. That's the ultimate. <laughs> did you just say you're a counselor of counselors? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I may have yeah, fed okay. that to you a little bit, but <laughs> I just I just thought that was pretty cool. That that, you that's are a good that. title to have. Yeah, you can, you can start a business, <laughs> counselor of counselors. Anyway, sorry. Continue with your day. That's okay. No, no, no. You're good. Um. So every day I um, see clients, and I try every day to have at least one um, supervision time in there, or staffing meeting, so that um, I can break up clients. So. I see both and I work, like I said, I work with all kinds of couples and men and some women and then um, uh, supervise my clinicians and we do a staffing meeting. And so we do a lot of conceptualizing through theories and trying to do our best to understand how to best um, help each clinician, how they work with their own clients through whatever their theory might be. So do you run your own business or do you have own your own business for your counseling? Um, so the business that we are in, Bridger Peaks Counseling, um, Rachel Dunkel started it and I came on a few months later. And since then it's turned to 10 of us as clinicians and two admin. Wow. So it's you and your partner that own that business. Is that right? Soon to be paper signed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right on. So Spence, um, you came up with a lot of the questions, a lot of the ideas. I'm kind of yeah. We prepared. We prepared along with you today. So what's what's what are you going to talk to Corey about? So the reason I wanted her on the show, obviously we quote her and stuff like that, but she deals with a lot of mental health and on here in Gents with Jill and Spence, we talk about men and their mental health and physical health and everything under the sun that Adam's sons have done. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> We, um, I thought it'd be be awesome that Corey could come on the show and talk to us about mental health and what goes in in the mind of a man and how to fix our problems. And I'm not sure if we want to understand what goes through (laughs) mind of a man. Ben, that was a really big can you might have just opened there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I uh, prepared a few questions and uh, Corey's looked through these and prepared herself. So um, do you want to go right into the questions? Heck yeah, we do, Spence. We're the leaders here. We just roll with it. <laughs> okay. Since, since you're a leader, I'm following you. And which questions you want to go with? I'm a okay. super easy go with the flow kind of person. Awesome. You know Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So the first question was, um, what uh, are you, so we already talked about a little bit about, about your degrees and how they help people. So could you kind of go back into like the counseling and how you help men specifically on a day to day basis? What, right. what do you advise? What do you, we'd like to know what the inside of your counseling room looks like when a dude is sitting in front of you and you're like, okay, this dude got some problem. We got to <laughs> fix his mind. 
we gotta we gotta do some council of counseling over here <laughs> and wave your wand <clears throat> okay uh well that sounds like a really nice thing that if I wave my wand and I really appreciate that confidence. Um, it really ends up being someone who has a desire to come in and oftentimes it's hard to start that process. And so when someone comes in, it's really brave of them to choose to come. Um, and they need to tell the counselor why they're there, what their goals are. Um, then the counselor helps really normalize things for them helps a person better understand maybe what their strengths are, how to work in relationships. Sometimes counselors, depending on what each person needs and what their theoretical orientation is, um, may supply tools, but they really do help a lot with depression, anxiety, substance use, a lot of self-worth and really any topic that people bring in, the counselor's most usually willing to work with. Right. What do you, what you said, uh, you provide tools. I mean, I'm a carpenter. I, mm -hmm. What kind of tools would you be providing in a counseling room? It, that's a great question, Joe. It depends on what issue you're coming in to work with. So if someone was coming in with um, an issue specific to grief versus an issue specific to needing to work on their relationships, the things that that person might be looking for are going to be different. So the important part is for when they come in that they feel accepted for who they are and where they are, that there's no judgment and for them to understand that they're accepted in who they are and what they're bringing in and then what they bring to us is what we help them with. Okay. So you're saying that the biggest part of like the, or the biggest hill they have to climb is actually, actually coming in and making the decision to come and see you and actually opening up. That's a really great question, Spence. And it is the very first hardest hill, especially in our society today. We have a very um, rigid idea of what a man's man might look like and what they're supposed to do or supposed to be like. And in that supposed to uh, frame, oftentimes there's the idea that they can't reach out for help or they can't ask for someone to be there for them. And right. that's what often brings them into the office is that they've been broken because they need that help but they don't know where to go or how to ask that makes sense that actually leads into one of our questions today that we're going to talk about uh um a lot of or a few books i've read and some ideas we've had on this this uh podcast here are the fact that men are a little some men the majority of men are less manly than they used to be back in the day um, for some reasons, we do not know why we were, we're going to ask your advice on that one today. Mm -hmm. And there's still manly men out there. There's still good men out there, but men are losing their sense uh, of manliness, sense of manliness. Yeah. You, you, you understand where we're going with this or no? I'm hearing you. I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm, I'm picking up. There's you. the counselor side of you. Coming out. <laughs> I don't need a counselor answer. I just need a, I want a Corey answer. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're throwing down and, um, I don't want to interrupt if there was more to what you were asking before I start. Hey, there was uh, a guy named Colin Rogers. He's your husband. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> I might have heard of him for a few Okay. Years. He read a book that uh, we pointed out a long time ago. It is called... Well, the first one, it's... Uh, oh. It was in our first episode. It was. Uh... I remember you talking about that. I don't remember what the book was, but I do remember you talking about it. Anyways, this book talks about that topic. He read it. Did he explain that book to you at all? Did you guys talk he, about that book? He did talk about that with, to me, yes. And that, and, and that is the, the 
that is the topic we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a better way to explain that since you're good with words? Um, well, since I didn't read the book, um, I don't know if there is a better way to explain it, but I, um, I do understand what you're, I believe that I understand what you're saying and what looks different culturally now, as well as time-wise that, that, than it did before. I, and I, I do hear that, especially growing up the way that we grew up, um, and what, but I think that it's really important to slow down and and pause when we think of this topic and talk about it, because I really think it's important to think about what our definition of manly is versus what someone else's different definition of manly is. Like if you think it's of hard a little, to judge. Yeah. If you think of a little girl who, I don't know, maybe lives in New York or a, a large city and her dad walks in the door after work all day. And that day he went to the gym, ran five miles was on the treadmill. His, his desire was to be healthy. Um, he landed a big project for work, um, navigated the city transportation to get home. He came home with dinner and then he played with her before she went to bed. Then if we shift that to what we understand more of, of our culture, that a little girl in Montana, her dad comes home after he built homes all day. So he's in good shape as well. He worked on a project all day. He comes in the door to play games with her and tuck her into bed at night. His hands might be a little rougher than the first example, but I'd be willing to put money on the fact that both of those little girls think that their dad is the manliest man that they've ever met. That's a, that's a great, that, that was put it perfect. You put it perfect right there. I think though, what I'm hearing, Joe, what you're speaking of also is more of the traditional context of masculine qualities versus versus feminine qualities do i understand that yeah i think i can go along with that okay so i think that um it seems that there are less opportunities for what we used to consider um opportunity for masculine actions and behaviors i think that technology um has changed that some i mean if we look back just the need to survive. We had to kill, we had to have a fire, we had to have, well, all we were based on was survival, right? right. And so what so we spent our, we spent our time, our daily 40 hours a week, waking <laughs> up with a spear in our hand, chasing after an antelope and then yeah. defending our home from the guy who wants to take our antelope. Right. So you you just spoke to the why right there. Why our masculine qualities may have shifted in such a fast time. So our biology hasn't kept up with technology. So our biology is still like, how do I provide for my family and like <laughs> do all the things and just be really active and be strong and be a masculine person. And right. so our biology is still pushing for that where technology is like speed up, slow fast it down. Forward. Guess what? You don't have to do that now. You don't have to kill things and run around and uh, chase chase it with a spear. And so the opportunities have changed. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't still have feelings of possible what may be possibly more masculine or feminine qualities, but that our opportunity for it isn't there as much. Okay. So my so question is, that- <laughs> in your in your opinion. Uh, does this quote go along with what we're talking about? Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. That cycle of 
of easy Some people titles. call that a pride cycle. Um, that cycle of men creating easy times for our future. The future taking advantage of those easy times and creating hard times. I mean, is that is that what we're seeing right here or not so much, do you think? Um, <clears throat> in my mind, there are two different things. Uh, the, the, there are two topics. Because we're speaking about what masculinity are we more mass are are men as a whole more masculine or less masculine than before and this to me says what do those what do specific cycles of of life create and what comes up for me in hearing that quote is a couple of things that who's to determine what hard is for someone else does it have to fit in with someone else's frame does it have to be what one might consider masculine to be hard, which is what brings us to the problem that we have of people not coming into counseling because they don't think it's masculine. So we're being cyclical here. And um, it's, it is, there is um, Joe's that quote you just talked to. It's, it's a little bit of the idea of if someone, if someone sees a cocoon and they see a butterfly trying to get out and they pull the cocoon off, the butterfly can't fly. But if they let it struggle, it has to, it creates its muscle and, and it eventually is able to fly and use its wings. We need to have certain struggles that make us stronger, but who's to define what struggle is okay or what struggles too hard or what one's not enough. If it has to, uh, because of culture, fall into specific definition of masculine, then how is that fair to someone who is having a hard time otherwise that makes sense that does make sense because if because if someone's struggles are different like if their opinions on a struggle is a lot more harder than someone else then they're going to have a different definition of how hard or how masculine you are you know well, I know one thing. I'm pretty masculine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely, Joseph. I uh, it, from personal experience would concur. That you are very <laughs> masculine, and I'm grateful for that in in um, my life and and to have people in my life like that. While at the same time, again, what defines specifically what manly might be versus masculine? Because that goes with culture. If we look at the Roman times, what their masculine it, um, might have looked like, look different than the frontier times versus um, all, you look at all the times through history and the definition of masculine will look different. So our definition right now comes from what our culture tells us masculine is supposed to be. So if we can look at others and accept that, wow, look at this, like we were saying, this child, she thinks her father's the most manly man she's ever seen. And and what a beautiful feeling that must be for that person. And that's what they're fulfilling for themselves. And they feel happy in it. When we don't feel happy, it's because we come, become incongruent within ourselves versus what society tells us. So we think, wow, my child thinks I'm like the coolest person ever. And society's like, sorry, you're not masculine or manly enough. So you don't actually get to be that. And then we get this incongruence and fight like, oh my gosh, I'm not enough. Society says I don't fit this, but my kids, I'm really happy at home. And so we try to create a happiness that society and culture tells us we're supposed to have when actually we might be able to create it just in being who we are in a very much, much more of an easy way. I, I got a question that might, is kind of skewered off of this question. That whole society thing you just talked about, society telling us what masculinity is and what masculinity isn't. 
it's unhealthy or healthy to listen to that society? So that's a really good question. Brene Brown just came out with a book, um, um, The Atlas of the Heart, which if anybody wants to read, that's an amazing book. Um, uh, wants to read that sounded really if anybody wants to read if anybody <laughs> likes to read or chooses to read about how to know where your emotions are in in a very uh well-organized content Brene Brown has a new book called Atlas of the Heart but she has a quote in there that speaks specifically to comparison though it can be the thief of joy it can also create a, a desire to do more so if we only do must do more must be this person it's going to be too much but if we compare 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 and it squashes us it's too little so we need to find this balance of how do we become this whole person with both of these sides um, but still have our boundaries and be sure about us and not let, allow it to define us but allow us to be better because of it right right on and I think it that kind of goes on to our next question. Are you, are we kind of done with that top that? Yeah. Question? Uh, you got anything else uh, on that topic, Corey? Um, um, I think I don't think so. Okay. I wanted to ask her. No, uh, we, we got we got a bunch more questions. We probably okay. won't get through all of them today. Okay. Um, but so our ne the next question that kind of leads into it. So in November, correct me if I'm wrong, was uh, Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, wasn't it? I, I think it was. I think it was November or something like that. November. Okay. I think it was I know October Suicide Awareness, but specific to men's mental health, I. Oh, maybe maybe October Suicide uh, um, Prevention Month was. I think that was what. But yeah, that you could. Spence, you could be totally right. I, I, that I'm, I do apologize. I don't have the answer. For oh, that. no, you're fine. Um, so our, you don't have the answer for everything. <laughs> Pardon? You don't you have the, the, you don't have the answer everything. to everything. Oh yeah, actually I do. I know the answer for that. I just don't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, November <laughs> is men's mental health oh, month. Oh, sweet. Very cool. Oh, so, awesome. So gents, guys, uh, look at your mental health. Um, that's really cool. Thanks for letting me know that Spence, but that's vulnerability right there being okay to be wrong. Yeah, and that's, okay. that's all right. So the question, so the question was, um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but suicide rates for men versus women, men is extremely higher. And why do you think, uh, men's suicide rates are high? Ooh, that's a high great or question. higher. High. It's higher. Men's men's so suicide question, rates are higher. So the question is, why are men's why why suicide does rates Corey higher why than... does Corey Rogers think that men's uh, men's suicide rates are higher? Um, actually, I don't. I, I the, <laughs> this isn't about what I think. This is a super important thing to listen to and hear. Um, and, and it's super interesting because just so you know, Spence, that question, men's suicide rates are higher, but women attempt suicide one and a half times more, except for if they're your age, it's almost two times more. Wow. So women. Okay, attempt, hold on, hold on. So women, I'll repeat. I'll repeat. Women attempt suicide. Adult women attempt suicide one and a half times more than men. Teenage girls attempt suicide two times more than their counterpart students. But wow. men are three and a half to four times more likely to complete suicide. Wow. Three and a half wow. to four times more likely to complete, even though women attempt one and attempt a half more. two times more do you have any thoughts on why that might be i don't have any thoughts on that so, that's uh, uh new statistics for me right? um 
Do you think it's easier for women to open up and to say, like, I'm having these struggles and I've attempted multiple times, but like how it helped me through this? Because just at the beginning of that or at the beginning of the interview, we were saying how men don't it's hard for men to come to people and actually um, explain their feelings and ha- ask for help. But I think women, it's a lot more easier to do that. Is that kind of where you were going with that? That's a really good point, Spence. That's true. That doesn't, that's not the reason for the statistic, but that's, that plays into it, into the why of women. Okay. Uh, And so is there a reason? Is there a reason that women are, so, so the, the the mental side of this is saying that women are more suicidal than men. They have more suicidal ideation and more intense. One and a yeah. half times as adults and two time, almost two times as um, teenagers. Yeah, so that's twice as much almost as as men. So why are women more likely to try that? Is it societal pressure? What, what's going on there? Sorry, I'm just making sure that I'm answering the correct question. At first, the question, first fence you were asking, I, I just want to make sure I'm get, given the right yeah, yeah. answer to the right thing. Yeah. So yeah. the reason... That no, I don't want to give the answer to the men part yet. <laughs> okay, let's roll That's on the other really, side then. Really cool statistics. <laughs> like hold you on the hold you on the cusp of this answer. <laughs> okay, so roll roll with the the other part of that question. Okay, um, so that is one of the reasons that women do reach out more because they have more suicidal ideation. Suicidal ideation consists of thoughts, um, worries, thinking that their um, life's going to be better for people around them without them around. So they have the ability to reach out um, easier than men for the most part. That has a huge piece to do with culture. Um, When we look at suicide rates, we see that the rate of suicide is actually the highest in middle-aged white men. Um, And this is, this is, these statistics come from 2019, um, from the American so they, Psychological Association. So they could have changed. Pre-COVID. Um, so if they did change, it would be um, more because of that. Um, but on average, um, in that year, there were 130 suicides per day. That means wow. every 11 minutes, someone died specifically because of suicide. Is that in the, in the United States. States or the world? In the United States. Wow. Every 11 minutes, someone wow. dies from suicide. And, and that's including men and women? Yep. Okay. Um, vets, rural areas, minority groups like LGBTQ, they have higher um, suicide completion rates. But this is this, I think for your group of people, this one's super huge, that 23% of males, 23% of males attempt suicide. If you think of you and three that's friends. one in four. That's almost one in four of your view, with you standing, seeing every fourth person you count will have attempted suicide as a male. Wow. And That's the crazy. reason That's that crazy. they are more, the reason that they complete suicide more than women is because of the means that they use are so much more lethal. Men often use firearms where women often use something like overdose or um, cutting where men will use hanging or firearms. So their 
more instantaneously it's more instantaneous there's not an ability to pause so you'll have people who will take drugs um to overdose and suddenly go oh my gosh i don't want to die and you can pump they can pump their stomach so or somebody can they have time to find out somebody has time to find out what's going on there and mm -hmm. try to fix right. that situation right yep so 50.639 percent of all suicides that are completed are with a firearm so it's so, and that's the reason it's, it's final. It's, it's for the most part, it's final. So that's why even though women attempt more often, men complete more often. That does make more sense. And this is a depressing topic a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I brought that question. Is there <laughs> some good, is there some good advice or some good tools you can give the gents in the world that, that would lift our spirits a little bit and say, Hey. I have we don't a need to be doing a whole that. bunch of great news, but I'm going to hold okay. you in that place for just a minute, Joe. So. Okay. I don't, I don't like it very much. Okay. Okay. Hold me there. <laughs> hold, hold my hand in the dark. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. So this is why we don't talk about it a lot. Because as soon because as it's uncomfortable, because as soon as we become uncomfortable, we jump out. But when we're willing to sit with it and be with someone, and just hold that space for them. Sometimes all someone needs is a container of someone that cares. And if we jump out too soon, we miss their story and we miss helping and we miss being there. Okay. So I was just the jumper. I was the guy that just did not help somebody to and be, to make your... a good example of that situation. <laughs> right. Yep. That was a great example. <laughs> okay. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, if it's a little uncomfortable, hang out and love the guy and, mm -hmm. and talk with him about it and just, just be there in other words. Right. So that's the happy part. It doesn't take a lot. What it takes is hanging out, being there, asking, 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 talking, 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 and being okay to sit in what's uncomfortable. Because if we can provide a container for someone for that, they that, that might have just been that little bit of time that they needed to hold on to to get to the next moment. You know what? Thinking about that right now, um, that container where you start talking and it gets uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I would say right off the top of my head, men are way more likely to jump out quicker than a woman would jump out in that situation. Yeah. So if we go back to biology, Joe, that says um, back in the day when you were carrying your spear around, running around, biology said, I got to fix stuff. I got to make it okay. I got to make sure everybody's safe. I got to go, go, go fix, fix, fix. So you're in this uncomfortable place of emotion and your biology goes, uh, dude, fix it, fix it, fix it. And you're like, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to get up here. I'm going to reach out and pull you out. Don't worry. Don't feel bad because everything's going to be fine. And then it's <laughs> like, it's okay. Sit down here, sit in this dark place and talk. And then when you're yeah. ready, you can crawl out. And Women then are more, much better. more nurturing. There's a, some more biologically, that was their role. Um, if you look at, um, there's a word for it and it's escaping me, but it's about biology and history and how men would, they stand next to each other, uh, shoulder to shoulder, but facing out, they used to scan the horizon looking for, for things to kill for their family and they would talk. So they stand next to each other. This is in our biology now. Women stand face to face because they need to keep their babies protected and their babies would be between them and they would talk closely face to face to keep them safe. So technology has buzzed us forward and our biology hasn't caught up to say, actually, men and women can help provide. Actually, men and women can be nurturers of their babies. Actually, men and women can talk about their feelings and emotions. So 
That yeah. that answers my question perfectly. Oh. <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, that's what we need for this Christmas she, holiday. I mean, she does have all the questions, Joe. She does. She does she have, have all the questions. All the answers, you mean? <laughs> oh, I meant all the answers. Yeah, she got some questions too, probably. <laughs> this is perfect timing for our Christmas holiday. I know it's hard for a lot of men out there trying to get the presents in, get the bills paid, get the ha- wife happy, get the kids happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's stressful time for mom and dad out yeah. there. So to have this, these tools, uh, is there any other tools you could tell us about besides just sitting there and listening that we could help somebody with this season? That's a really great question, Jose. And, uh, and when you spoke of hope earlier, this is kind of what happens after um, you sit with someone and be with them. So there's a real important piece of validating where someone is and listening to them and hearing them and sitting with them. And then once we validate someone, actually, I think you spoke about it on one of your podcasts before. If we keep someone in a sad cycle, they feel like they can't move forward in life. But if we tell them to pull their bootstraps up and move on, then they don't feel like they're safe to share. So if that pendulum settles and we let them um, say all the things that are hurtful and, and we validate that, and then when they're ready, help them move forward, that empowers them and helps them know that they can. So, so be a little is, patient with your listing and wait for that moment, right? Yeah, something like that. There's definitely a patience involved. Um, there's also part of, uh, it's really important to honor what's going on for you. And so even discomfort is one thing, but knowing that you need to take care of you as another, because there are times when we don't listen to or watch our own boundaries, which is important to know too, that if our own boundaries are, Um, not being honored and we just keep bending over backwards over and over and over then it ends up hurting us and so we need to be careful that when we're there for others we're still um, being there for ourselves also Um, but that that just sidetracked sorry (laughs) no you're fine that's good that all that was super good i and then i just have like the last two questions that we have we could kind of combine them into kind of our last wrap-up question but so our audience is mainly man, the male gender. And do you have any advice that you would tell our individuals or um, our audience out there? Um, I, just a couple of things that kind of went together with uh, what you're asking before. Of what are some both advice for and um, maybe tools? Uh, Joseph, I think he used a different word, but it's kind of. So really, really important is to have a community. Uh, if you have a community, you have a connection. If you have a connection, you feel like you belong. If you Wait a second. Belong- when, you, when you say you have a community, what, what's that mean? I mean? I mean, everybody lives in a community, right? Good call. What, Good do, you, call. Definitely what do you mean by having a community? Yep. Definitely need for clarification there. Choose your community. What's your community like? Is that your family? Is it... Um, Uh, do you have a a church group? Do you have a work group? Do you have what, where is your community? Where do you feel you belong? So if your family's your community, do you feel if they truly are that community, you probably feel connected to them. If you feel connected. So while we're on that topic, is there a a healthy community and unhealthy communities? I mean, like say I'm the guy that uh, hangs out at the bar and goes and does uh, unhealthy things with my community. I mean, is that, is that okay to have that community? So you're going into a really deeper, um, <laughs> uh, really deeper place right now because connection is what's going to be most important and first. And if you're connected in that community, even if it's 
physically unhealthy for you. We're, as humans, we're wired to connect. And if we don't have someone to connect, we will find them no matter what the health of it is. So it's healthier to be connected than not connected. So, so you can our, still have that connection, even though there's bad habits involved. Yep, absolutely. That's what will take you to those things is the need for connection. Because if you are connected, you realize you belong. And that's what we want as humans is to belong. If we belong, we realize we have a purpose and we're accepted. And then we feel like we can move forward in life. We need those things. Um, it, that, that gets rid of shame and shame is shame's what, uh, creates more problems, shame and disconnection create more problems than it's our oppressor. Anyway, again, that's a whole nother podcast, but right. find, find your resources, find your connection, find your reason, your purpose, your belonging talk. Um, honestly, if I can say something to your, your listeners is if you need to work through your reasons why you're not going to counselor counseling, if it's what you need, like, uh, it, it doesn't mean you're weak. It actually means you're really brave. And if you're like, Oh, Hey, actually I drink every night. So I don't need therapy. Or I have people tell me like, Oh, my therapy's in a bottle. My therapy's in a joint. My therapy's in this, my therapy's in that, like, cool. And how's that working for you? So watching the ability to have it work is really important because if, if we're avoiding oftentimes what as an addictions counselor, what I see in use is that oftentimes it's because we're avoiding something or we're hurt bad enough that we need it to cover the things that we're not addressing, but which is also kind of avoidance. So. Cool. Well, is there anything else we, any of us want to talk about before we kind of wrap stuff up and wish everybody Merry Christmas upcoming weekend? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm you full don't. of knowledge. I just gained a lot of knowledge. You've been fed. I spent, been, I feel like I didn't been, answer your one question of like what oh, to do. Okay. Find, find things that bring you joy, find mm-hmm. things that bring yeah. you community, find things that bring you purpose. Find things that you can be a part of. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, this was fun, Joe. This was, uh, it's exciting to have a, uh, somebody on our show. I think that we should do this more often. I think we should too. <laughs> Corey, how, how is it? all of that for you and i'll totally also um i can email you to the resources that have uh it's a a resources for suicide hotlines um strategies for suicide prevention i can email those to you if you guys okay. have a place that you put those uh, on. so we actually have a, a description like below like on spotify and stuff and i can put links so we could put like the link to the pictures and stuff. So if you could email me, that would be awesome. I definitely will do that. Awesome. Well, thanks for having so, me. Of course. Um, before we leave, we want to wish everybody out there Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to uh, Corey, especially. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us and taking the time out of your day to uh, fill us, to feed yeah. us with full of knowledge. Feed us, feed us of knowledge and feed our listeners of knowledge. And I think it will benefit them a lot. Oh, so. well, thank you both for having me. Merry Christmas to you. And, and yeah, it's, a, it's so fun to see you. Good to see you too. All right. Today we want to explain a little bit why we weren't here for the last couple of weeks. Spence started basketball. He's ripping yeah. it up on the court. Uh-huh. He's uh, practicing every night. Games. games. Oh, I'm just so stressed. And out. we thought that, you know, the law of attraction says that absence makes the heart grow fonder. We wanted you all to grow a little closer yeah. to us, miss us a little bit. So when we came back, you had a little more love. Yeah, we, we, were, we were pulling the bait a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Just so bit. just like every episode, we have a challenge and our very own guest, Corey, has a challenge for us. Corey, what's our challenge? Hmm. Uh, today, a challenge would be along the lines of mental health. 
And in order to care for your mental health, as you go throughout this holiday season, wherever you are and whoever you're spending it with, think about how to really honor and care for yourself while also listening to others and being for their, being there for them in a way that uh, they can feel that you care for them. Nice. Hit it right on the head. Yeah, Hit you, it right on the head. You said it good. All right. So um, next time we'll be coming to you in about a week from now. Yep. Are we gonna are we gonna get we gonna miss a couple more episodes? That's I think. What we're gonna do. Um. So next week, I think we could do next week. All right. Let's do it. We'll see you so next, next week. Next week. We wanna we wanna hear about your challenge. See if you did what Corey told you. Mm-hmm. We got any questions for him? Like, we usually have a challenge and a question. What you get for Christmas? What? What's the coolest What's thing you, got, coolest for, thing thing you, you got, got for Christmas? Christmas? I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you all about my Christmas gift okay. when I come back. Okay. I'm gonna tell you about my Christmas. And so, guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter if you already haven't, and also push the plus button on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts so you guys don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And make sure to look at the Gent store because it's still up there, and that's pretty freaking cool. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy <laughs> Merry Christmas. We love you. Love you all. Merry Christmas. And a Christmas. Happy New Year. And until then, Betterman. Betterman.